it's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 443 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week I have a great conversation with Jonathan Thompson, one of the most creative sci-fi writers that I've come across. He's got some great books and great stories out that I think you'll enjoy, including Tales from the Dead Astronaut, Multidimensional Time Box, The End of Times, and Seek Slash Repair. They're all very unique and in a good way and go places that I haven't gone before as a science fiction fan. We talk about his website, SpaceStationZ.com, and the offerings that he's got coming soon, including the aforementioned Dead Astronaut anthology. We discuss what it is about the anthology format he likes. We talk about science fiction, and we talk about the things he's got coming our way in the near future. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he's got to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's great to talk to Jonathan Thompson from a really fascinating book called Tales from the Dead Astronaut, which is an anthology book. I, I'm talking with a lot of people who do anthologies and indie books. So how are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great. How are you, Wayne? Good. It's good that you approached me on Facebook. I, I'm telling that tale a couple times lately. People approach me. Now, I have to tell you something, though, before we, we get too far into it. I actually have seen your website before, and I have... In my mindset, I really want to talk to this guy. But, you know, reality gets in the way of comics, and I got distracted, and all kinds of Kickstarters and things happened, and I just never got the chance. But I've seen your – it's Space Station Z, but on the top of it, it says Tales from the Dead Astronaut as well. Yeah. And so I, I really like – you've got several of your stories on there. We'll get into all of them. But uh, I, I'm just sort of curious as to – why don't we start talking about as an indie creator, you know, how did you get started writing and creating indie comics? You know, I've really just started diving into it over the past year, kind of something that I've been waiting to pull the plug on as a writer. And it's, it's really hard out there to find the right artist that fits your sensibility. And when I hooked up with George Luis Gaboda, we really clicked and we started off small and then we just started building all these stories. And I said, this would be the perfect thing to put into an anthology and really get out there. And I think it flows really nicely together. So you made that leap that I have not been able to make. And that leap is to go from saying that's a good story to actually writing a good story. Mm -hmm. When did you know that you could write a good story? How did that uh, come to you? Um, I don't know how confident I am just yet, but I've been writing since I was probably five years old. Um, I have my first comic was when I was five years old for a kindergarten project that my mom helped me put together. And from then on, I've always, you know, made my doodles in my notebooks, wrote all sorts of scripts, short stories, and really just been honing my craft for 
20 plus years now. Well, cool. So what made you decide to jump into creating comics? Uh, comics is like my first love. I, you know, it, it's just one of those things that it's, it's its own distinct medium. And I really wanted to explore that more. And when I finally found someone like George Luis who really clicked with me, I said, let's see what we can explore. We started off with a two-page story, and then we just evolved and started creating more and more. And you know, now I come up with an idea, I hit him up, and we put something together quick, and we just click more and more. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. When you can find somebody that is in line with your vision and stuff like that, I mean, I'm sure sometimes you see pages or artwork from them and you go, oh, my gosh, I never thought of that. Mm. Uh, very much so. I mean, if you look at the first story in the book, Another World, you know, I had a very loose vision of what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something with monks on a living spaceship. Mm-hmm. And I tossed that at him. He came back with some concept art, and we really just – it just ignited me further to fly. It, it, it got to a point where I started off very um, – probably controlling in a sense when it came to the work, wanting to really hammer in, well, this is what I see in my mind. But then when I really started to let George get loose and really express himself creatively, we've, our work has just clicked more and more and become even hmm. better. Isn't that great? Now, how did you come across him? Uh, you know, I just put out a basic – kind of casting call looking for artists and <clears throat> we clicked over the um the artist mobius that was really what i was into at the moment and he's a huge mobius fan and that really it, it, it helped create a kind of symbiotic relationship in terms of we both knew what we were going for and we were both going to push each other to create something more and more interesting hmm because I can see the influence when I look over that story that you're mm-hmm. talking about. That's the, the first story in the, uh, in the anthology, Tales from the Dead Astronaut, which, you know, I, see, I love stuff that challenges my thinking and, you know, and, and makes me go places I haven't been before. And I really have to say this book did that for me. I'm glad to hear that. I just, wow. I mean, some of this stuff, I, I literally was going like, oh, wow. I mean, there's... <laughs> I don't want to spoil stuff because you don't get the same impact that I did when I looked at it. But let's just say there were, there are little parasites that kind of show up at one point. And I remember looking at it and thinking, his, the, the, the dead astronaut is, is still functioning on some levels. And when he encounters these uh, little parasites of sorts, and his reaction is not what I expected. <laughs> Let's just say I did not expect that. I would think if some these little parasites were nibbling on you, I don't think I'd react the same way. Well, it depends on how long you've been lost in space. I guess, yeah. yeah. I just was stunned by that. I, I, now, who does the framing sequences? Is this same, the same artist? Same artist. George does everything for the book, and which is really nice because you can see he has a really – diverse art style where each story it really fits it but it helps create a unique hole to the book mm-hmm. it's just amazing well we'll start with the uh the framing art because i was really intrigued by it how much direction did you give him as far as you know what the character the the main character is going to look like and function as did you give him a lot of direction you know the basic pitch was a dead astronaut and he came back with some 
just concept designs. And then we just started free flow, flowing. And that's when we came up with the parasites, the tardigrades. And he drew that first page. We kind of took the framing device page by page because I wanted to make sure that there was a, a rounded hole to the whole story, that the framing device wasn't just a framing device, but it would act as a story in itself. And when I saw him draw the tardigrades, I knew we had to do something special there. And mm-hmm. I, I think that part really flourished. Mm-hmm. It, it's really amazing. I mean, you do see the, the the wide variety of styles that he has as far as doing art and things like that. The framing sequences I like because it, it's clearly, you know, uh, apparent when we're in the framing sequences because he's got certain things going on, like certain colors certain style that's happening in the framing sequences. When he goes to the other stories, he does different styles and different things going on. Sometimes one of the stories has a lot of red in it as mm-hmm. opposed to the others. And it's just amazing stuff. Now talk to me about how you put this book together. I, 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 the last several weeks I've been talking with several indie creators who are putting anthologies. There's, something about the anthology format that uh, DC and Marvel run in terror from, but indie creators love to do. And, you know, most people have told me that they like it because it gives you a chance to strut your stuff and do stuff. And you can take things if they really take off and run with them while everybody gets a little shot at it. it. Is that what it was about the anthology format that appealed to you? Yeah. For me, it was the ability to tell different kinds of stories. You know, comics, there are different ways. There are narration stories, there are dialogue-based stories. And I really wanted to challenge myself and say, well, this story is pure narration. This story is going to have um, a third-person narration with dialogue. And one's purely Mm dialogue-driven, the star. And that was really an attempt to play with the medium in a way that showcases what a panel can do that no other medium can. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to say that that story, the star has a wonderful surprise in it. And I love surprises. And, you know, the first one, yeah, I, I, (laughs) and again, I can't dare spoil it because people will not enjoy it like I did. Mm -hmm. So I can't do that. But let's just say, why don't you give kind of the basic ideas to what that the star is about? Well, the star is a press conference for a angered shape-shifting alien who is about to launch his solo act. And just like a Bob Dylan or a Lou Reed, he is irritated by the questions and his irritation comes through with his various transformations. And more than that, we shouldn't say. I <laughs> dare not spoil a thing. Because, <laughs> I, I, again, that, that was a, a wonderful little surprise when you get to the end of that story. There is something going on that I didn't understand. And when I saw it, I went, oh, that is pretty cool. I, I, you know, again, I've, you know, we've seen some of these kinds of things happen in stories before, but I've never seen it go this direction. And so for that, I was very, you know, I love it when somewhere, when, when like a, a writer like you and an artist go a direction that I didn't expect. And that's what goes on in this book. There is a major pivot of store of sorts that I really enjoyed. I thought it was just a great, I, I love to be surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it worked. Yeah, it was so great. 
And then we get to let's let's talk about the next story because I'm kind of interested in that one too. Uh, I don't. Is there a title on there that one? There is a don't title. See. It's uh, the Prince of Steel. Okay. We went with a kind of um, Will Eisner approach with the title page. Gotcha. The title is baked into one of the pages. Gotcha. I see it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, tell people what it's about. Well, Prince of Steel is the story of a the son of an industrialist who has forged his own Iron Man-like suit. And instead of being humble or, you know, do good, he uses the suit for his own egotistic purposes. Mm-hmm. And, Which I want, why people don't do that more, I don't understand. I so don't know either. You know, the, <laughs> the star in Prince of Steel sat in my notebook for three years and it was my uh, connection with George that really enabled me to say, you know what, this is the guy that really is going to be able to help express these stories. And we worked really hard on coming up with the right design for the suit for, for the main character in Prince of Steel. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. Uh, I could, mm-hmm. both, all these stories, we both feel have vast potential to see more of, including our astronaut. Mm-hmm. Well, I liked it. This is, this is the one I mentioned that uses a lot of red. Yes. In it. And it's not necessarily for blood. I mean, there is a, some of it, but that's not what the red is used for a lot of the time. No. So I'm I surprised by that. I like you know, that. I give George no creative direction when it comes to color. That's something where I really let him express himself. And I, I'm always surprised and delighted with what he comes with. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating story. And again, I daren't. The last page has a really great surprise on it, and there's no way in the world I'm going to even start to talk about it because I'm going to spoil it. Well, my goal is that each of the stories, including the framing piece, has something of a surprise because that's another thing that comics give you that other mediums just can't. You know, TV tries it, but there's nothing like a comic book. There's nothing like the turn of a page that reveals something that you never knew was on the other side. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the framing sequence, and there's a surprise there. Of course. To the end of the I book. I can't and end the I, book without a cliffhanger. <laughs> this is just a wonderful thing. Gosh, I don't want to. I can't. I, even if I start to talk about it, I'll spoil it. Okay. But, but the thing that interests me, I think we need to. Uh, there was a long time ago in Green Lantern, for some reason, there was a dead Green Lantern. I doubt you've ever seen that. There was somehow he had enough will, but they had will before he died that he, his body barely held together by the power ring and his will, which was still somehow going on, even though he was dead. And when I saw this, I was slightly reminded about it. It's not that story though. It's not anything like that, but I'm kind of interested. Talk to me about the choice of making this framing character, somebody who has died. I mean, that's an interesting way to go. You know, I think we kind of bounced off uh, probably almost a cliche image of a skeletal astronaut. And I I really wanted to push that further. I wanted to explore what that could be in a different way. And Mm -hmm. we're very happy. You know, we can see a lot more coming. I'd like to see see more tales from the dead astronaut. Me too. I think me and George both. (sighs) 
Now, you were telling me before we started to record that you guys are getting ready for the, the stuff to be finished printing. You're in the printing process Correct. right now. Correct. Why don't you give us an update as to where we are? Well, right now, we're just waiting on proofs. The whole situation with um, the virus has slowed things down a little bit in terms of the printer that we went with. I explored a lot of different options. Um, we are going with the printer, the Comic Impressions, and mm. they've, they've been very good. Uh, I've spoke mm. with a guy named Rich there. He's been very proactive in getting me really what I want. And from a deep love of comics, I know exactly how I want this comic to feel. I don't want it to just be something that's easy to um, dismiss. I want it to stand out. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be great. I, the, the, the words Tales from the Dead Astron are kind of fun on the front cover. Yeah. It's an interesting choice of color again, and I, I don't want to spoil it, but let's just say that it's a color I didn't expect again. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our background expect. image is the, the, of the cover is the Hubble deep field image. Oh. And I really thought that was like the perfect background choice. Because it just shows the vastness of space and all the possibilities that lay there. It's really, really an interesting cover. I really like that. I, I let's just say that the dead astronaut, just because he's dead, doesn't necessarily mean you don't get an idea that he's got some kind of emotion going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I got a, a sense of emotion when I was looking. At it. I said, "Wait a minute, he's a dead astronaut," and I could tell that he looks like he's feeling something. So, of course, that makes me want to turn the page and go and see what's going on inside. And we get a little bit – it's a little different on the inside. His, his, the way he's displayed is slightly different. And I understand that. The cover, you're going to want to do something a little different. Kind a of little grab splash here, yeah. And not only that, he's looking at us, which is a great way to do it. You know, I, I always tell the story. I was working at a hospital, and they had this – a patient manual that they were giving out to people. And what they did was it had no faces on it. It was all hands, hands holding needles, hands holding food, hands holding, uh, making a bed or something. And I came away with this really cold feeling. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, if we had one person looking at us, we'd feel more involved. And see the way you start this off with that very, you know, powerful cover where, this dead astronaut's basically Jumping looking after, at us. Yeah, yeah goodness. I, I was immediately like, whoa, I got to see what this is all about. So I, I think that was a super wise way to, to have that cover. I mean, that's just amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I love that a lot. So, okay, so where we stand now, you're, you're saying that they're in the, you're in the process of getting the printing done. How will we know when there's uh, issues available for us to order? Right now, the best way to follow us is through Instagram at space station Z. That's what I post every day. Um, sometimes it's just inspirational stuff in terms of art that inspires me, comics that inspire me. But also I do share a vast amount of images from the book without spoiling a single thing. It's, it's the best way because I'll constantly be updating in the next two weeks. I imagine I will have a solid date when the book can be ordered. And that'll all go through my website, spacestationz.com. Okay. That'll be great. That'll be good. Now, you're gonna, we're going to order paper copies. Is that what's going to happen? Correct. Okay. What about like digital? Are you going to make digital versions available? You know, we're still exploring that. I'm kind of old school. I like that hardcover. You know, I like the tangible thing in people's hands. We're exploring a few options. We do have some, uh, some comics on the website that me and George have done. 
we have um, the first story that we did together, Seek Repair, which is a two-page robot story. Mm -hmm. And then we have The End of Times, which is a four-page piece that we did for the Platform Comics 10K submission. Mm -hmm. And we had a great time doing that. That one, we love that one. That one really pops at you. It's a little different. It's a samurai in a wasteland. It doesn't fit into sci-fi, but it, it gets there. It gets there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then also on my website, I have a serialized short story that I did with some art by Luke Welch, who mm-hmm. who, who provided illustrations kind of in an old school, uh, like in an old school storybook way. And it's mm-hmm. kind of H.P. Lovecraftian tale about two scientists trying to explore the multiverse. I'll leave that yeah. at that. Yeah, because it's this is in a different format than most comics are these days, and what I mean by that is you've got like an illustration at the top of the of a chapter or page, and then there's text. Yep. And you know what? That's a very literate way to do it. <laughs> I have to say, I was actually, you know, because most comics are we, we always say it's a visual medium. You know, you 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 don't necessarily have to read all the word balloons to understand what's going on. If you want to understand this story, you need to read. And pay attention. I hope which so. Is, which I really enjoy. I, I, you know, it was a nice change of pace for me because, you know, I have to say there are some comics that have word balloons that are so massive. I look at them and go, you know, I'll probably be able to figure out what the what's going on just by looking at the art in some ways. But with yours, you can't do that. You've no, got to pay no. attention, and I love something that makes me pay attention. And I love, I, I love how that art turned out too, because it, especially the last image of the last story really, mm-hmm. it really gets you. Because mm-hmm. it's now, it's, go ahead and talk. We'll talk about it's divided up into into five chapters. Five chapters, and each each chapter, roughly in terms of page count, it's probably about two pages of prose. So it's nice, zips you through, but it. Mm-hmm drags you through that with mm. each chapter ending with a kind of a cliffhanger to lead you into the next one. And that, that was really fun to release week by week when we did that, because I, I was getting a lot of feedback of people that were just excited for the next piece. <laughs> Cause it, it, like you said, it pulls you as, as the way I would describe it. it. It, you know, when you get to the end of the thing, Oh my gosh, now what, you know, kind of stuff. It's, it's divided up into rooms. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. uh, it starts in one room and it moves and moves and moves through the different rooms. But I, I like it real well. But what's, what's interesting is we see the main character whose name is Richard. I don't – I'm trying to remember. Let me go back and look real quickly if we actually see the other character. You do see uh, in the drawings? Yeah. Yes, you do. You see him in his space suit. In his okay. Yeah, we, don't, suit. we don't see his face. No. That's that's interesting because that's leaving your words to help us understand what he looks like, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because, you know, vis- and comics being a visual medium, we're used to images showing us what everybody looks like. And your words do that. You know, what was nice about that, it was a blend of the two. You know, it, it gives you a little hint, something to help you visualize everything as a whole and then lets your mind really wander. Mm-hmm. Now, I... Ah, again, with your writing, I get to the end and I'm always like, oh my gosh, it ends in a very unique way, shall we say. (laughs) I didn't expect the end the way that you ended it. And I think that's the best 
kind of storytelling is something that you don't expect, something that leaves you wanting more. Mm-hmm. And well, I I started to look see if there are any other. <laughs> there's not. <laughs> I've come across stories like that occasionally, where I get to sit there and I go, and I turn the page and I go, wait a minute, that can't be the end. But you know, it is in this one, and, and let's just say, if you read it, you will understand what I'm saying. That that last sentence. <laughs> It's a duty. Yeah, it got me. I mean, oh my gosh. So it's you know, and and you're right. If we get into it too much, we'll 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 give away some of the stuff. Let's just you're right. And the two scientists are trying to scientists are trying to make something happen. And if you ever watch the Twilight Zone or oh, I don't know, I need one of those uh, ones. Something about going where man has never been before is not necessarily a safe venture no it's not let's say, let's say. now it but as far as uh, uh, creating the story how long did it take you for you to, to put the story together um for multi-dimensional time box uh, i i created the, i wrote the whole story over the course of two weeks but then the unique part was is by releasing it week by week i really uh, each week was dedicated to each chapter where I just revised and revised and honed it to get it to its perfect part. You know, I was, I was revising it up until the minute at 6am when I put it on for the day. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's, that's one good thing about when you're writing, you can make edits like that. Just like when people who are are putting comics together, the the writer is also doing the, is, is doing the lettering. Sometimes they'll make changes at the last minute because they're the last one to touch it before it goes. Yeah to the press so they're still making changes. So that sounds like that's what the same experience you were. You were still tweaking here and there and making it a little better as you went along. And it was exhilarating to do that. It, it really drove the story into places where maybe that's not where it was going to go at first. You know, that ending wasn't my ending until two weeks before that final part came out. Hmm. That's interesting because, well, let me ask you something because it's on the website. If you go to yeah. spacestationz.com, it's the on the under the Tales from the Dead Astronaut words, it's you got three. And the first one is the multi dimensional time box, and you go chapter by chapter through that. Yes. I, when did you actually do this? When, when was this? You, you said it took you two weeks. This when was, was that? This was probably about a month and a half ago, was when, really? when I did this. Yes. Well, because I remember, look, I thought it was longer than that, but I guess not. I, because I remember I came across this, I think I probably bumped into you on Facebook and I started to read it. But like I said, I got distracted by real life and I didn't get a chance to do it. But I'm just fascinated by this because as far as like ever seeing this in print, have you ever thought about that? Because, you know, the website is actually a perfect venue for that. You know, it's, it's interesting I'm exploring things. I would have liked to had it ready to go alongside as a companion piece from Tales to the Dead Astronaut, but I'm still still tweaking things. I, I would like to see it in a maybe a smaller, loose mini comic version. Hmm. Because how would you do that? Because if you do that, you're going to have pages with text. Yeah. Dominate, which turns and- it into more prose. But then also, Luke and I have explored possibly turning it into its own comic with a little a different take on the medium mm. you mean more more images a little more images more comic but also still insular hmm. 
I'd like to see how you do that. I, That's going to be. We're we're playing with things. Hmm. Because you know that honestly, this is the perfect thing for our website. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, you scroll down as you go through. You can scroll down, scroll down, and get to the end of the chapter. And as such, that is just a you know I. I, I don't know how you do it, another one. So I'm going to you – know, obviously, you guys are the creators. You're going to come up with those good things. I'd like to see how you do it because I don't know how you do it. Yeah, you know, I set it up so that you could read it on your phone. I didn't want it to be too long. I wanted someone to be able to sit there, click on the website, and read through it in a sitting. And that's that's the fun part about it. So we might do other things similar to this and release it in a similar structure as well. Interesting. So how, that I got to see. I got to see how you decide to do that because it, it's, it's going to change the impact somehow. So I, how you do that is going to be, I, I just don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm so used to, now that I've seen it on the website, the way that you it is. You can't imagine I, it any other way. I can't. That's the, it's just the way that it is, you know. And But see, as the creators, you guys have a different perspective on it than I do. So this is going to be your chance to be more creative and to take this story and uh, fit it to a different genre, basically. It's always interesting rising to a challenge. Mm-hmm. Really fascinating. Really, really good. Uh, let me tell you, when you get to the end, <laughs> oh, you're probably going to be – yeah, oh, you and you're the endings, man. The endings just get me every time. See, so many times in comics, you get to the end and it's just, a, it's just you know, uh, let's just say nothing really resolves on, on a lot of comics when they get to the I, end. yours, you get a resolution. I agree. You know, that's one thing that uh, as an avid comic shop goer, I've become very infuriated when I read something that cost me $5 that meant nothing. Yeah, and or, or the the last panels on the cover. Yeah, it, or if the cover even means anything to the book itself, and it's just a pinup. It drives me insane. I'm always like, you know, I I know the ending before I even start to read the book because yep. I see the cover. Yep, hate that, hate that. Now, what's really interesting? Multi-dimensional time box is kind of black and white, which is text oriented. You move from that one. The next one over is called The End of Times. Yes. That's the one we which created is, for the um, Platform Comics Challenge. See, that's so interesting because this is like as far away from the first one as you can get. Yes. The first one is, like I said, black and white text. This one is regular comic format. Yes. Now, talk about this one. I mean, The End of Times, what's the story uh, about this one? You know, it's funny. We had – for this contest, we were given a topic, and we had we had seven days to complete it, but George really needed time to work, so I had a day to script and i so our 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 topic was the end of the world, and I said I turned to George and said, "What do you want to draw?" And he said he wanted to draw a samurai. He wanted to draw warriors and a samurai. So the end of times is about a lone samurai, Akira Itu who carries a coffin-like box through a wasteland where he's confronted by an opposing army who wants what's inside and he is not going to give it up. It's, you know, uh, this one is very colorful and it's very regular comics style. Mm -hmm. But in four pages, you basically tell the whole story. That's that's our goal. but but you know how, how rare that is. 
I mean, I'm not used to reading four pages and having the end of the story. I'm used to things just starting to gear up about that mm-hmm. time. It's nice to actually read a story that actually ends at there. And I, so for me, I was really stunned. <laughs> you know, I'm not, like I said, that that is not my experience reading comics. And you well know that too. Yeah. I mean, there. that's the kind of value we want to put in our work is the stuff that no matter what leaves you satisfied in the end. Really good. I mean, really. And, and the great thing is too, uh, one of the pages is largely devoted to action. And which is fun. That was my favorite to script because I told George go crazy. <laughs> I think, I think, I think I devoted half a sentence. He knew what had to be accomplished and he delivered. Wow. Cause you know, I'm always intrigued when a writer has to write action. You know, I, you know, writers always feel like we have to describe things like words are important because that's how we get paid. Basically, you know, we get, we have to put words in. I thought that was so great that you were able to step aside for at least that page and let the art tell the story like that. Cause that is really, you know, that, that is trust in your artist. I mean, that's a big part of my creative journey over the past year in working comics. I very came, I, I started very strict thinking, Oh, I want this many panels. I want them to look like this and look like that. And George did that. And then I realized that that was doing nobody any service because he's an artist. He thinks visually, let him do his thing. And that's how we end up with the beautiful work that we end up with. See, it's sometimes on this podcast, I have a challenge talking with artists. Artists are used to thinking visually, and this is an audio only podcast. So it's difficult sometimes. I have to know the right questions to ask to get them to describe things. And I've done it several times, and I think I've gotten fairly good at it. Uh, You know, like, why did you choose the image that you did, the look that they did? And why did you choose the, you know, the, 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 the motion, the way that you did it? And try to, I try to get them to describe if they can, you know, those kinds of things. It's easier with you're talking with a writer because a writer can is used to words and can do that. And like talking with you is easy because, you know, as a writer, you're used to describing what's going on. And so in that sense, it's, but I'm always impressed when I see a writer who can step aside and let the artist, you know, strut his stuff basically, which is really good. I thought the end of times is just perfect for that. Yeah. That's the really fun part is uh, when I described an army in the script, I'd nowhere near imagine the army that George would give me. And beyond happy with what we got. Mm, and that's um, so that's when you when you have that right. It's like Marv Wolfman and George Perez. It's like all the combinations you can think of. When the two of them, when the two of you are on the same page, or even outdoing each other on some levels, that is always such a pleasure to read. I, I think that's one of the great parts about this medium is that it's two people kind of working together to create something different. And it keeps, you know, as a writer, I get still get to be surprised by the work. I still get to read it as a first reader, <laughs> which is rare. Uh, isn't that fun? I mean, though, that's got to yeah. be fun for you. You know, because like I always, like I mentioned before, sometimes the artist will throw something in there that puts a, a slant on something that you didn't imagine. And suddenly a whole new avenue in the story opens up. 
yeah. based on that. That's such cool stuff. I mean, that that is, you know, I, I can only envy that stuff. I can't do that. I have, I've tried many times and I just come up with standard stuff. I, I just don't, I can't surprise. I love to be surprised, but I can't surprise. Same here. But I, I just think the way you guys though do a wonderful job of that. I mean, you make it, like I said, when I get to the end of your story, I'm usually my jaws on the ground, <laughs> which I like. That's I mean, great. I, I love great. to do that. Now let's get to the one that we, we already touched on briefly, but I want to talk a little bit. Seek slash repair. That, that now, was the other the first one ahead. we ever did together. Oh, really? That was, I our, forgot that was that. our first one. Yes. Oh, interesting. I mean, you were talking about the fact that you kind of felt like you needed to have a lot of input at that point. Yeah, yeah. This one, I these panel layouts are mine, and it was interesting. You know, I think we did this one three times before we really landed on where we did. Hmm. Was what made the changes? I mean, were you? Was it you sort of trying to get things to move the way that you kind of your vision was, or, or how did that work? I mean, why did you have to go over it several times? It was design, and it was me trying to. It was more me getting used to the medium and working hmm. this way, and and hmm. working with George. You know, I the first version he came up with. I didn't love mm-hmm. and it was very different because it actually started as a one page comic hmm. and I, I knew we needed more and this one has a, has a special place in our hearts. We're going to actually have this one as an extra at the end of tales from the dead astronaut when it's in print. Oh yeah. Well, that one's going to be in there too. So a little extra. Cool. Now, are you gonna, you're going to keep it because this is black and white on the website. We're, we're going to keep black this one in black and white. You know, stick to the roots of it. Yeah, because color sometimes changes the whole yeah thing about it. One of the things I really love about the the robot is that he speaks in robotic terms. <laughs> he does not. He's not like data. You know, talking long, involved sentences and things like that. He's actually, and even. You know, even the narration of sorts is oftentimes resorts to that kind of thinking, which I like. I mean, I I don't understand why, you know, everybody wants to make robots more human. And sometimes I'm like, I'd rather that they weren't. Yeah, I am right there with you. So I, I just think that this is kind of fun to see, you know, that he's singular in focus is what he's doing. Yeah, and of course, you never even... He's got to put himself back together. Yeah, basically. And the good news is, is we find out again, we get to the end, you have a reveal of information that we don't have in the whole rest of the of the story, mm-hmm. which I liked. And so, I mean, I could see more of this character, to be honest with you. Me too. Me too. Really interesting. Really well done. I, I See, I, I've got to ask, though, as far as visuals go, the robot has something of a human appearance to him. In his face. That's actually, uh, we took that, George took it in his own direction from a panel from the Inkle of Mobius. I was like, I like the way this robot looks, mm-hmm. and I want to explore it that way. Hmm. And I, I think it gives you a more personal attachment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, helps you identify with this 
robotic being. Well, he's got a largely the, the see on the other hand the challenge is his face basically only has two human features to it. Mm. Well, he's got a bit of a jawline. Yeah, that's true. The shape, you're right. That that's also there too. But the challenge, and of course, this is on the artist, is to, is to convey change when you don't have those human characteristics that we're used to seeing change on. You know, he's got to tilt the head. He's got to uh, do things a little differently that way. And I think that was really, really nicely done. You know, but when they're when he's doing things and and looking in different places, you get a little sense of development by how the head is tilted. You know how things are going, and when we get to the resolution of the story, the way that the the robot is drawn indicates that to me. So I thought that was really nicely done. I, I, it's a great story. I think you put a great story, and I, I have to applaud his ability to make it live. Yeah, I think that's what solidified the fact that I wanted to continue to explore different stories with George. It's just it's amazing. It's great fun. So really, really, really good. I, I even for a two-page story again, you know, <laughs> I don't see many two-page stories, and to have development like that and movements, and I, I thought it was interesting the way it resolves. It's not an ideal situation, shall we say? It's it but it's work. Yeah, see, that's the thing. He's he doesn't care about appearances so much. He needs functionality, and that's what's communicated on there. And I thought that was that was a nice thing because you know, again, we want robots to be like R two D two and all, and C three PO and stuff. And this, you right away say that's not the way robots in this world function. And I like that. I thought that was great. I thought the way that that you guys did that was fun. And see, now what you've done is set up a, a whole situation. I mean, what's he doing? I mean, where's he going? I mean, what, what, what's happening? I want to know more about these things. Always I want wanting see. to leave you with more. Yeah. See, I, I, this is like a little, if you ever read like young adult novels, what they'll do is they'll take a person's life and they'll tell like one week, something significant happens within that week. And that's the whole novel. We don't see afterwards. We don't see before. All we see is during that week, what's going on. And that's what you've done here. You've taken an experience Something that happens, and you have taught us a lot and introduced us to the world with just two pages, which I like. I, I tell you, that's that's an accomplishment. I'm going to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I, I, you guys really have done good. To, I, I'm just I'm fascinated to see. Which leads to my next question. Of course, are there other projects you're working on that we should be aware of? I, I have a couple things with a few different artists going on at different stages i'm working on a luchador vampire comic okay with a a great artist left woods okay she's been putting that together that's uh in the tradition of the um blue demon santo old school horror movies okay and then i'm also working on a crime comic a, a 22 page crime comic just a nice, solid little story, but no details to reveal about that yet. And then George and I are also exploring a second Tales from the Dead Astronaut or maybe something on its own. Hmm. 
Well, it's going to be great fun. I, 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 I'm dying to see. I mean, I, I was really grateful to be able to read what it is. I want a paper copy when it comes out because I think it's just going to be. get one, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to have that. There, there's certain things you got to have in your library because, you know, like I say, I keep volumes, great big books, because there's times when I'd want to dive into a longer story. But on the other hand, there's times I really want to just read a, a contained story that doesn't take 10 years, yeah. a la X-Men, you know, to, to get. I want to see a, a story that like these, these stories are really something that are, are enchanting and engaging without being extra long. So I like that. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I really enjoyed about the anthology medium. I know you asked that earlier, you know, you see a lot of people exploring the anthology and it, it really, it gives you that it gives you the ability to challenge yourself to create shorter stories that are filled with content, filled with ideas that make sure that if the reader just wants to read one, they can sit and read one and be fulfilled. But if they want to read it end to end, they're going to be completely fulfilled. And that's one thing that I just, I rarely get when I go into my shop. Uh, there's stuff that I like. There's stuff that I'll be ready for every week. But there's also stuff that sits on my desk and goes unread for months because I know mm, I need five minutes to thumb through it. You know what's going to happen, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I hate that. I, I I used to watch. I always tell the story. Uh, a show called Heart to Heart on television. Okay. And the reason I watched it was because I like to see on television an actual happily married couple. The stories were dumb. I mean, they were just flat out dumb. I would sit there, and two minutes into it, I could tell you exactly how it was going to end. But I was so enamored with seeing a happily married couple that I I would put up with that. That's funny. Just so I could watch that. But but see, that's what it's the same way with comics. There are some books. There's a certain book right now that I am hanging on by a thread that I buy. Okay. And it started out, and I loved the book. The first five issues were great. It was a totally different book. And then it, somebody at the company must have said, we can't do this anymore. You're going to have to change this. And this really horrific thing suddenly became – punching and kicking and uh, stuff. And I, I, I issue 38 is coming out this week to give somebody a hint uh -oh. as to what it is. And I am hanging on by a thread. It's going to end with number 50. I hear, and I may well, not got hang a little on. ways to go. Yeah. I may not hang on that well. I, I remember when walking dead was coming to an end. I was feeling walking dead fatigue and there was 90, and, they, and the lady who runs the store says, well, do you want to keep getting it? And I said, let's go to 200. I said, at 200, it'll be my jumping off point. Little did I know, but that was never going to happen. Yeah, they spared you. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I was happy. I'll say one comic that I read during this whole uh, quarantine was I, I read Rick Remender's Black Signs for the first time. Mm. And you talk about you talk about a a ticking clock as writers like to put it that first issue opens with a bang and i read that entire series in a week and wow. that was just like that that's what i want comics to be i want to be so fulfilled and so deeply entrenched because it's the one medium where the story is you turning a page and then there's something revealed on that next page that you couldn't have imagined the page before mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
it's, I think that's why some people, like particularly in DC, we've seen wonderful stories, and you know the continuity has changed over time, and people are kind of like, does that mean that this story no longer happened? And you know we're married to the stories. The stories were wonderful stuff, but we don't want to lose them, you know, as a result of that. But you know, I figure as long as it's in print, I can go back and read it's it. Still I don't there. Yeah, that's my feeling. I don't. I don't get stuck on those kinds of things. I'm not a continuity cop. I'm more of a grammar Nazi, but I'm not a. I, I'm a story Nazi, so I, I oh. sympathize. I will. There's there's one comic out there that. If it's if it's written by one writer that month, I will let my comic book shop guy know, and I'm pretty sure he's tired of hearing me say it. <laughs> it is like, wow, this is there's nothing here. Uh, dare I ask which one that is? Oh, well, now you're putting me on the spot, but New Mutants is okay. not good. Oh, it's hard to hear that. When Jonathan Hickman's writing, I am all there. When he's not. I am reading stories that actually don't make sense for the whole continuity they have set up. <laughs> so that's always fun. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, but then you read something like, uh, I'm a huge Grant Morrison fan, mm-hmm. diehard fan, and his Green Lantern is the oddest mm. thing I never expected, and I love that. <laughs> I, I, love, I don't know if you ever watched the, the Watchmen series that was on HBO. I did. Yeah, I did. I was so stunned because that was nothing like what I expected. I, but it was so good. Yeah, I, I was like, I know. Whoa. You know, surprises and stuff. I mean, I, I daren't, <laughs> I daren't spoil. There's a couple of big surprises as we get through the story. I remember my jaw hitting the ground again. I was like, oh, really? Oh my gosh. No. And I think See, that's Damon Lindenloff as a comic book fan gave you that comic book feel. Where every week, every scene felt like a page turn. Mm-hmm. And few people can replicate that. Yeah, so true. So true. So, okay, so as far as the things go, by the end of the month, hopefully, we'll, we'll get something. But we just have to keep our ear to the ground. Something comes up and it doesn't ground. happen that way. The Instagram is where all the information is located. That's my central hub. It's at Space Station Zed. That's that's where you'll get all the information. I plan on within the next week having more solid updates and okay. having a spot on the website for a pre-order that people can start to, you know, get ready to mm-hmm. get the book in their hands. Well, I have to say, after reading what I have, it's going to be worth the wait. I hope so. I think so because I have to say, I, like I said, I, the ends of stories alone <laughs> are, are are shocking to me and i love that kind of stuff i love to be surprised especially how many years i've been reading comics if you can surprise me yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it that that means a lot well i, I have to say i, I want to read more of your stuff is what, I, what i'm looking forward to is seeing other things coming out from you and maybe hopefully more in this dead astronaut universe i think that would be fun to see i think it's very likely that we're going to see our dead astronaut again because i know what lays in store for him Okay. Oh boy. I see. Now you've got me intrigued. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I I know where his story goes. Okay. See, that'll be fun. I, I, I love that kind of stuff, especially knowing your endings. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something worth reading. I think if we get to that second issue, you'll be pleasantly surprised with where it goes. Oh, okay. That'll be cool. Well, you've ended it. Like I said, with a big surprise in the first one, you kind of so, have to keep going. 
Oh yeah. Well then, you know, <laughs> well, I, I see, I daren't say anything. <laughs> I just don't dare. <laughs> I'll spoil it. But a- anyway, you know, Jonathan, great stuff. I have to tell you this, your writing is something that is really special and I can't wait to see, Thank you. you know, more of this stuff. And all I can say is, that, you know, like, like I tell folks, keep it up because you're doing wonderful stuff and I just want to see more. I just can't wait. I think it's going to be great fun. And again, it's Tales from the Dead Astronaut. And uh, tell, say the website and the, uh, the website Instagram and Instagram thing. are the same at Space Station Z on Instagram, www.spacestationz.com. And that's the Instagram is where I would go. I would hit follow and you will not be left in the dark. Cool. And thank you. I really appreciate uh, giving us a platform to showcase the book because it really deserves to be in people's hands. You certainly earned it because as as I've read of it, I want more and I think other people should know about it. Thanks a lot. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News. Interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. it for this week. Please be back next time when I'll be speaking with another great comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.